Hola, mis amigos. We are back. I am freshly tanned and recovering from my Mexico trip. I know. The, I know. I, I don't tan, but it's fun to say. Whatever. This is my brother's an idiot. Welcome back. The podcast where we talk about whatever the hell we want, and we've got a shit ton to get to. So let's get right after it. After I kick you around the entire squad, I would be remiss if we didn't start with the sandworm butthole popcorn bucket herself. We call her the dipshit. She's the voice of God. She's also MJ. What's up, dear? How you doing? Uh, I'm great. Um, if you haven't yet, um, go look up what the popcorn bucket for Dune 2 looks like. And then my name will make more sense. Because if you don't, my name is uncomfortable. The picture's uncomfortable, that's for sure. <laughs> Someone's gonna get their dick stuck in that thing. <laughs> it brings a whole new meaning to date night. Alright, next up! Holding down the fort in Extreme Southern Command, he is the owner and proprietor of Knox Nostalgia Collectibles. Rocking the Texans gear tonight. Tank, what's going on? Oh, dear oh, God. Oh, How did you goodness. lose audio? <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. A few moments later. Oh, there oh, we go. There it is. You're back. back. Okay. okay. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. This thing sometimes. Okay. I'm doing good. Yes. Yeah, still rocking the Texans hat because even though they lost, I'm still proud of them. There you go. All right. Good to see you, bud. And finally, and I don't know what's on your shoulder. Is that a Ray Ray? What is that? Yeah. Rainbow Ray Ray. Dragon of some kind. It Sweet. is desaturated because Oh yeah, let me let me summon him so we can explain this shit. Uh goon. <laughs> yeah, I'm just sitting here like, is he gonna let me into fucking podcast? Uh first off, your name isn't that uncomfortable, Michaela. Um, it's just confusing as all hell if you don't know what's going on. It just sounds like five words you threw together just kind of randomly. But now that we've seen the picture, yeah, it's hysterical. Yeah, it's like, it's just like pineapple pen, pineapple, apple pen. Like yeah. it's, it's like an IT guy's password wet dream. Like you can't yeah. break that. That's awesome. This is a uh, articulated three three D printed dragon. I uh, got it for Christmas. Uh, he uh, is a fidget toy, so I play with him, so that I don't want to kill anybody. <laughs> I realize now that I never gave you guys an opinion. Um, I, I gave Matt the, the look of, yeah, it was delicious, but I didn't actually say anything on the podcast. The uh, martini soda that I had yesterday with the olive oil was quite fantastic. And I actually, uh, I'm thinking about making all of my martinis with just a dash of olive oil in it now. Uh, it was a very nice flavor. But tonight, we've got Liars Dark and Spicy. It is a mock um, dark and stormy, and it is one of my favorite mocktails currently. It is delicious. It nails it. It knocks it right out of the park. Awesome. Love that. All right, let's get moving. Uh, in light of all of the chatter around the what is considered widely to be the worst rule in football, the fumble, there it is, fumble the ball through the end zone, creating a touchback. I have decided to, to poll the goons. We are going to decide and discuss 
what is the one rule in sports that we would most like to change? And I'm taking that rule and throwing it out because that's that's easy button. No, you can't do that. So, uh, MJ, I'm going to start with you. I know you've got an opinion here. Why don't you go ahead and kick it off? Yes. I, I know what rule in – I'm not even saying sports. I'm keeping it in football. I don't think you should be allowed to take a knee more than once in a drive. I Or, yeah, in a drive because that's stupid and it wastes too much time. And it, the entire end of the fourth period, quarter, whatever the fuck, boring, stop taking – Unless you do a backflip. No, if you're doing you're a backflip still- while taking the knee, that was pretty cool. We did see that. That happened. I mean, it happened, but you're still wasting 40 seconds. There's nothing fucking That's happens in football games, anyways. Stop making less shit happen. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. All right. Mark, do you have one ready, or do I need to go to tank first? You need time to think. Yeah. Um, I really have a tough time with hockey's offsides rules. Um, yeah. I don't think it needs to be completely dropped. Um, I think that we need to relook at it quite a bit. And I, I don't know what that means entails, but there are so many errors with that. In, and it's almost in every game, right? So maybe it's lasers or something that makes it better. Or there is a delayed offsides on every single play. You can't just, you know, if you're offsides, we wait till you're back onsides and then the play continues. But every time that we stop the play during an offsides, I feel like it's a waste of time because uh, then we have to skate around and get all set up and find where we're going to skate to. So the hockey offsides rules uh, need to be amended or deleted entirely. I would, I would just say amended more so than anything. Because I, th- I do think the, the letter of the law is makes sense, obviously. You just don't want somebody cherry-picking by, d- down by your goalie the entire time. Uh, but also that gives the other team a man advantage on the other end, so no, I don't know why you would do that. Um, but, yeah, there you go. Hi, Toaster. Hello, Toaster. So, all right, Jake, what do you got? Okay, so I do want to touch on the rule that you're talking about. Making that changing that really in any way that benefits the offense is bullshit. Hold on to the football, get over it. Um, there's a bunch of rules that I'd want to reverse more than anything in the, in the NFL specifically. Um, so because there's so many, I'm going to go with the major league baseball. Um, umpires being allowed to eject whoever they want without discretion. That's ridiculous. I just say you get rid of umpires. I, to a certain extent, I, I agree with that. Um, but the umpire having ultimate authority over players and coaches and whoever they want on the diamond is fucking absurd. Especially when they're wrong so often. Michaela and I both follow um, a lot of Twitter that where they talk about uh, umpire bias during the season. Oh, and there's actually sure. a really good account that you can follow that gives you the game-by-game game analysis of such bias. And the fact that that needs to exist because it's a real issue is a problem. So I agree. I, I just think just get rid of umpires together. You don't need them. You don't need them. Give me you need a guy robots. on the field. Give me you need robots. Yeah, a couple of robots, some lasers, and a couple of security guards just in case things get chippy. That's all you need. Yep, agreed. The days the days of the bill-to-bill fucking manager versus umpire fight are over. That's dumb now. We've seen it before. It should be unless physical you're throwing, combat. Unless you're throwing rosin bags like grenades 
and kicking dirt onto the home plate, which just pisses off the umpire anyway. I don't give a fuck about the umpires. I, you know, I, but I do like a good manager tirade when he's kicking dirt. I think that's oh, just yeah. hysterical, right? Because it's so fucking. Disrespectful. But you can still do that with lasers and stuff, like, right? You don't right. need Angel Hernandez out there blowing yeah, fucking and balls that's, and strikes. That's, that's the one name that I was thinking. It was like Angel Hernandez. Is the Immediately, I was like, what, how, I, how I have a, that Angel list I, on I, that I, account. <laughs> I, have, I have an entire adult lifetime of hating Angel Hernandez. I, I yeah. know exactly what it is. Just get rid of the all altogether. They suck. I don't remember what game it was or who it was that said it, but there was a tough call at the plate and Angel Hernandez made it and they went to the player after the game. This was this year. And he goes, go figure. Angel made a call at the end of a game. Who would have thought that would have ever happened? So he he has like, put himself into more baseball than he The sad thing is, yeah. I don't know who you're talking about because I've heard that exact sentence way too many fucking times. Yeah, it's, it's the worst. All right, I'm going to go into the association and I don't know why this bothers me so much, but it's legalized cheating. So when you when a, a team scores, the other team gets the ball, they can roll the ball into the court, and no clock starts until the ball is touched. Now, I understand that part of it. You don't start the shot clock. You don't start the clock. That's fine, I, 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 especially under two minutes. What I don't get is they don't start the eight-second clock either. So they can just roll it and look and look. And until you pressure the guy, he can pick it up. And then the eight seconds starts. Oh, the fucking eight second clock should start as soon as the ball enters the court. That's what absolutely should change because this rolling and just looking at it is just dumb. Um, uh, It it also can be used. I don't know if you guys remember John Morant did this a year or two ago where they rolled the ball in and the the Grizzlies were up and jaw just stood there at the free throw line with the ball between his legs and wasn't touching it. And the clock runs outside of two minutes yeah. and the clock was just running and nobody, nobody were did. like, yeah. nobody did anything. Nobody did yeah. a damn thing. And the clock was just running. And Which, running. That just tells you how fucking stupid the Utah jazz are, but right, right. It was, it was dumb by them. Dumb rule. I just think at the very least start the eight second clock. Cause I hate that. Just roll it in and just nothing starts. Whatever you pass the ball in. Let's go figure it out. All right. Good job. One and all. Here we go. Divisional weekend is over. And we are going to break down the games. And then we're going to pick next week. Guns up. San Francisco versus Green Bay. San Francisco gets the win on a sloppy night. Rain everywhere. People hitting the ground all over the place. Uh, Mark, go ahead and start. Break this game down. Uh, this was... Um, one, one thing I can say is Brock Purdy shouldn't have had two weeks off. Um, the fact that he had those two weeks off, you could, you could see the rust on his arm. He was missing wide open receivers all over the field. Um, and that definitely affected the game. I'm not sure Kyle Shanahan called his best game, but here's the important part. The Green Bay Packers are going to be good for a long time. Um, they were in this game and to Frank's point, the only new move that apparently they needed to do happened today, and Joe Barry is gone. So uh, they're going to have a new defensive coordinator next year and roughly the same group because all these guys are 25 or younger. Uh, Green Bay is going to be scary for a long time. They, San Francisco escaped. 
definitely escaped. And I think that, you know, other than, you know, the fact that there's some recency bias with the most, the, the, mo the game we're going to talk about last probably, but this was to me was, if not the second best game of the weekend, it was the best game of the weekend, but it was, it was damn good football played on both sides. I just think Brock Purdy didn't look very good. Um, hopefully they've got that figured out. Hopefully it's just some rust from just two weeks off. Um, cause he didn't play in week 18 either, which I thought was kind of silly. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I, it was San Francisco escaped green Bay, green Bay played their asses off and they'll be back next year. Can't wait. MJ, what do you think? And, uh, uh, the resident Packers fan wants to say that Mason Crosby uh, could sign with the Green Bay Packers last week, and that would have been okay, too. Mason Crosby would have hit that field goal. MJ, what do you think? Uh, I... I didn't watch this game. <laughs> didn't watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you from the first second. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I kind of think... I, I had to, I had to go to work on Saturday, so I, I didn't watch it, either of the Saturday games. So I don't know much, but uh, hooray, San Francisco! Yippee! <laughs> All right, <laughs> Tank. Um, I think I would agree. This game was really close, and that I think that had a lot to do with San Francisco for some reason not being prepared. More than anything, um, I think them missing Debo had an impact, um, and yeah, they didn't seem ready for some reason for this game, which is weird considering you know a lot of these guys have been to the playoffs before, um, so they should have that experience, but they seemed out of place going against a team that has almost no playoff experience, which is weird. Uh, and on the Packers side, if they would have stuck with I think the run game a little bit more, they could have got this win. I think they got away from Jones too too frequently and then tried to put it all on love. And he showed his, you know, his age still, yeah. his yeah, his youth and you know, experience. The two kind of bad throws, honestly, that um, could have been game changing drives that he ended prematurely, basically. Um I don't know how much of that is him, how much of that is LaFleur, uh, but they need to figure that out because they have the components for a really good team. So I think they'll come together, and I think they'll be good again next year. And they're going to be missing. I think Alexander's probably leaving, um, so they're going to need to find a way to replace him. But that defense with a good DC should be fucking awesome. Yeah, and I, I will um, add to that. I think, you know, that last throw wasn't kind of bad. It was bloody awful. It was, yeah. Um, yeah, you don't, you just can't make that throw. You can't make that throw off your back foot, thrown across your body. It's going to get picked off, especially in the playoffs. Um, I will say this crappy conditions, and both teams had to play in it, but all three of the big plays that Green Bay had that either were scores or led to scores were because San Francisco defenders fell down. They were headed in the right direction and they just, they, they, how many times did they change cleats in that game? I, I felt like they talked about it four or five times about changing cleats, changing shoes, trying to figure it out. Guys, that's your home field. Like you should know how you're supposed to 
what your footwear is supposed to look like on your own home field. So that's a, a an organizational miss. What are you can we say? talk? Can we talk about the fact that Levi Stadium has a, had a problem with the turf since it's been built? Um, it was a problem in the Super Bowl that they had there too. So this is not a new thing. They, they've had problems with that turf for years. Yeah, right. I don't know what the solution is there, but get some better grass, I guess. I don't know. Get a better grass pie. <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. grass pies. They have golf yeah. courses in. Right. Go, go get one of them. Right. <laughs> the turf didn't look great. I mean, between the numbers, bright green, then everything else was like this color, and it wasn't great. Um, I, Mark's point is, is perfectly salient. I think that, you know, Brock didn't look great. Um, he was definitely struggling with a wet ball. You saw him with the glove, without the glove, had a couple of balls that should have been picked off. Uh, and then tank's point I think is also very well made. Debo Samuels makes this offense go one way or the other and not having him, they lose a yard plus per play when he's not on the field. So that's going to mean a lot when we start talking about what's going to happen this week. But moving on, uh, we're going to go to Baltimore and Houston. Lamar gets the win. Uh, Houston shows up, but they're outmatched. Uh, Tank, I'm going to start with you. Break this one down. I mean, this is an easy breakdown. You saw the best team in the AFC prove why they're the best team in the AFC. The lone touchdown in this game is a should be a little bit nerve-wracking for the Ravens because you shouldn't let up a special teams play like that. But other than that, they thoroughly dominated what has turned out to be a really good team in the Texans. But for the Texans, that team came together with a lot of mismatch parts just kind of shoved together and made a you know a win and in the playoffs a team that should have been two and 15 <laughs> ended up making a playoffs making the playoffs and winning a game so good for them but I don't think there was any way to not expect the Ravens to just dismantle them Mark CJ Stroud wins offensive rookie of the year right we're all in agreement of that um Played out of his mind all year. Um, the, I only got I got to watch very limited amount of this just because there was a bunch of stuff going on that weekend. Um, the Duchess actually was uh, on a panel for podcasting, so she got to talk about you know how to start one since she's been doing it for so long. So that was pretty cool to be a part of that. But got to watch most of the first half, and the first half was good. Like both teams seemed very evenly matched. Baltimore seems to move the ball really well between the 20s and then struggles once they get into the red zone. Hmm, that reminds me of a team in Kansas City that uh, was struggling with that all year as well. Uh, makes for an interesting matchup on Sunday. Uh, Baltimore then uh, just kind of, you could see Houston wear out. Uh, just a lack of depth on that roster. Uh, you could see that they were just tired. Uh, a lot of young college age players that you know are in their freshman sophomore year who they just hit a wall and so you saw that in the second half where baltimore just stuck stuck with the course stuck with their game plan and ended up just hammering them down and um, i think that this game this weekend is probably going to be a lot closer than maybe some people think uh, so vegas kind of agrees with me on this um but I, I think Houston's obviously going to be back. They're going to load up on more talent. They've got a ton of draft picks now. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you, Cleveland. Um, you know, they, they're going to be fine. And they'll be back and they'll be better. D'Amico Ryan should win. If not, should win Coach of the Year. He's going to be very close on Coach of the Year. But C.J. Stroud should win Offensive Rookie of the Year as well. The guy had an amazing year and really didn't have much talent around him. MJ, should I bother? 
Charizard. Charmander, and you're off. You're now Charizard. You're Son of a bitch. <laughs> Charizard thinks that the Baltimore Ravens is really good. Hooray. Also, Charizard agrees that C.J. Shroud should be Offensive Rookie of the Year. Thanks, Charizard. Thank you, Charizard. You're um, welcome. Stay in school, kid. <laughs> it's for the babies! <laughs> uh, C.J. Stroud has single-handedly changed the narrative about Ohio State quarterbacks. Uh, he's the first one in I don't know how long who's actually had some success and came right out of the gates. I think what we saw here was an undermanned and depleted Houston team. Mark alluded to, you know, being tired. They didn't have a whole lot of depth. And the game changed a lot when, and I don't remember the player's name, but there was a linebacker they were using in the spy role quite a bit, got hurt, and it wasn't the same after that on defense. And when they weren't able to spy and have someone tracking Lamar all the way across the field, the game looked completely different. And let's just say it here and now, Lamar Jackson is still that guy. He's an absolute cheat code. This is what happens when he's healthy for an entire year and gets into the playoffs. This this man is otherworldly in his talent, and he can throw the ball really, really well. And that- He has some surprise weapons, though, too. Isaiah oh, Lightley sure. has been fucking unbelievably good. Oh, sure. I mean, you have to have nowhere. weapons, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You have to have weapons to succeed, yeah. but, uh, I mean. He hasn't Lamar had to do it is... all himself this year. No, he has not. They've got a couple of receivers. They've got a receiving tight end. They're going to get another one back that we'll talk about here later. Um, and it, they just, they, they looked really good. Uh, this, I mean, we all know we may not like John Harbaugh, but he's one hell of a football coach. That defense is outstanding. Uh, I, I don't know if they're going to get Humphreys back or not in time for this game. I know he was out this last one, but you know when you replace Humphreys with Ron Darby, it's a drop-off, but it's not a big drop-off. Darby can play a little bit because we saw him around here. The better team won that football game. All right, let's move on to Detroit and Tampa Bay. Mark, take it away. Lions and Bucks. Um, so this game kind of went the way I thought it would. Um, you know, it was really well contested, but uh, Dan Campbell outcoached Todd Bowles really badly in this game and Todd Bowles sort of gave up weirdly in the fourth quarter <laughs> for some reason <laughs> and, um, I'm not entirely sure that uh, I, I don't know Th- this team is going to be really bad next year that this uh, Tampa Bay team they've got half of their rosters up for free agency and they're still in a hole from Tom Brady's contract and Baker's going to get $20 million from somebody. I'm not sure that Tampa's got the money to do it. Uh, I'm not saying Baker's good, but somebody's going to give him $20 million to start. And uh, I'm not sure Tampa Bay is going to be that team. Todd Bowles played himself off of a win. Uh, I don't know what they were doing with that last drive, like why they left timeouts on the board. And to me, that signals that you've given up. And it, it happened before that, too. Just Dan Campbell... I don't know if I've ever said this before or I'll ever say it again. Dan Campbell coached himself into this 
game. And he is, yes, he's a player's coach, and we all love him as a coach. But this is the first time he's actually done, like, coachy things that actually won him a game. Most of the time, it's just he's coaching his players up, and they take care of it. He schemed his way into this. And Todd Bowles just reminded us all why he's not, like, a great coach. <laughs> he's just not good. Um, Two weeks ago, you just said he was a great coach. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of, I guess, missed this one because this game was awful to watch. I'm going to be honest. This was a tough watch. Uh, Todd, I, he, you know, it, he did take a team of relative nobodies to a playoff game. And so that, that give him some credit for that. But he got outcoached badly in this one. Badly. I like the Detroit Lions a lot, and so therefore I had a very good time in the, watching this game because the Detroit Lions won, and Baker Mayfield was doing okay, and then Baker Mayfield is trash in his last drive, and he was like, what if I threw a dot to the ops? Goodbye. And then he laid down, and that was the end of Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Awesome. Tank? That was good. That was good. That was so good. Yep. Uh, this was a well-contested game, and I, I think uh, Mark had a really good point with uh, Dan Campbell outcoached in this one. He did a fantastic job of keeping his team in this game, even when it was getting kind of sketchy there for a bit. Um, and, yeah, you got the Bucks kind of fell apart, it seems like. that. First, I will defend Baker on the first interception. That was not his fault. No, it was off Evans's hand. That was right off Evans. Although he didn't have to throw that high fastball. I think if he if he throws that ball down a little bit with a, just a little bit of touch, he's got a better chance. It was what, it was still catchable. It what it was, was it catchable. With, yeah. What was it with a couple of the biggest names and wide receivers just having like the worst games of their careers this past weekend? Yeah. Like Stefan Diggs was awful. Mike Evans looked like it you know played three games before this. Like and, and he's he's had thousand yard reception years every year since he's gotten into the game and he looked like he had never played a playoff game before in his life it, it, it was just there were some receivers that just had some really bad times this weekend that's 100 percent true and um i would agree that last throw by baker seemed at the very least ill-timed um and i'm wondering if that was bowls just saying hey just make it happen because that's kind of what it seemed like that call was at the end there. It's like, see what you can do. He's like, fucking really? All right. <laughs> and just hucks it up to see what happens. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Bowles gets another year. But if he has, even getting them to the playoffs with that kind of collapse at the end of that game kind of shows that maybe he's not positioned for that correctly um, to be the head coach in that situation. And, yeah, Baker's definitely going to get a contract with somebody next year. Um, it should be Tampa, but I don't think it will be either. They don't have the money. So the meme for me all year is Baker Mayfield is trash. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we know. There, there is just this no – right. But, <laughs> I mean, that's how I've been – well, he didn't play a whole lot last year. Uh, Beat us. That's fine. <laughs> what <laughs> – to further break that down, there is no denying the actual physical ability of Baker Mayfield. The man throws it. He's got an amazing arm talent. 
Uh, he's very shifty. He can run. He's fiery. Uh, definitely has, his players have taken to him. The problem I have with Baker Mayfield is between his ears. And it was no more obvious than this past weekend when two times, twice, he failed to sense pressure from the right side that resulted in sacks. In his face. When, when you're a right-handed quarterback, you have to feel. I I get sometimes the the backside pressure when it's coming from the left when you're a right-handed quarterback because your fucking back is turned, dude. You're a right-handed quarterback. You're turned that you can way. See it? How do you not <laughs> sense Hutchinson coming down to rip your head off? And then the the pick at the end, at just it, a bad decision. It was a bad throw. Just no. No, absolutely not. And then Mark touched on it, and I wanted to bring it up. Todd Bowles lost the locker room with what he did at the end of the game. You are playing for your life, and you have to take every chance to make something happen. And that defeatist attitude that we saw in his press conference at the after the game when he said, why prolong the inevitable? Bud, these guys are bleeding for you on the field these guys are giving you everything they've got and to quit on them and to defend quitting on them like that is going to have repercussions let's not forget here folks this team was nine and eight in a shit division it's not going to get better and if todd Bowles and i presume he's going to be the coach because they haven't made a change and it would Kind of be a little bit odd to do it now, but if Todd Bowles is the coach next year, he's got some work to do to get those guys in that room back. They they're going they've got twenty three to twenty five free agents. Um, they're not going to get a bunch of those guys back. They're not. To yeah, your point, I see a lot of people are leaving, right? So, whatever. Stupid Tampa. I'm glad they lost. Anyway, <laughs> go on. All right, finally, the game that everyone was looking forward to. Taylor Swift. (laughs) The Swift Bowl. We got four shots of Taylor, and we got two shots of shirtless Jason Kelsey, who now apparently is everyone else's boo. Uh, Casey gets the win in Buffalo, beats him again. Uh, before I kick this around the horn, I do want to share something that I saw the other day. I don't remember if it was on Twitter or if it was on one of the programs. But if you compare the Buffalo Bills the last three years to the San Diego Chargers of 2006 to 2009, the numbers are almost identical. I say it again. Josh Allen is Philip Rivers. Tank, break this game down. Oh, God, it was such a good game for the first half, wasn't it? Uh, these teams going at each other nonstop, and uh, I don't know what switched off in the second half for the Bills, um, but the run game that was working that entire first half just stopped. Not that it wasn't working; they just stopped doing it, yeah. and reverted to more swing passes, to little out routes, into nonsense instead of just hammering away at the Kansas City defense. Like they were, um, they got away from getting the ball to Johnson for some damn reason. Um, nothing against that's not a slight on Cook, but Johnson was very obviously the hot hand in the first half. Give him the fucking ball, yeah. Let him do it. Um, and then there was some. I 
some questionable things that happened in the second half with the refing. I think um, some weird calls and some weird no calls that just didn't seem to exist in the first half were definitely happening in the second half. Um, and then, yeah, just a failure to execute at the end of the game for Buffalo. Um, they somehow survived that stupid fake punt, which for some reason went to Hamlin instead of Gilliam, you know, the big fucking fullback they have back there that can run the ball. Um, they went to the safety whose story is cool, but he's not a fucking running back for a reason. So maybe don't fake it to him. Um, they luckily got away with that one with some mistakes on Kansas City's part. But yeah, you could tell that something changed in the offensive play calling in the second half that just, it cost the Buffalo the game, honestly. MJ? Uh... Uh, yes, so, okay, <laughs> Tang was right, the first half of the game was excellent, and Jason Kelsey was the best part of television for, like, 48 straight hours, and then both teams went to the locker room and drank some poison Kool-Aid or something, and then were both ass, and then the game was bad, and so I turned it off because I already got to see Jason Kelsey um, screaming at Bills fans that he had been doing shots with before the game. So that was the most entertaining thing about this. Uh, Detroit wins, no notes. <laughs> okay. All right. Mark? Um, okay, so let's see. Let's start with uh, the fact that I'm going to miss the quantity of memes of uh, people making fun of Buffalo's head coach for looking like Osama bin Laden. Um, I'm going to enjoy the shit. I'm going to miss that a lot. I'm also going to miss the fact that we cannot um, talk about <clears throat> eating the pit anymore because obviously that can no longer be a thing. Um, I was really enjoying the feed the pit stuff, and now they have lost. So uh, Buffalo, uh, I'm sorry for that. Uh, I enjoyed the feeding the pit bit. Um, I also really enjoyed you guys comparing Sean McDermott to that big beardy bastard. Um, one thing I do want to point out for all of you people who hate Taylor Swift, during the postseason, uh, Taylor Swift has been um, on the TV for 0.46% of these games. 0.46% of the two games. Uh, she was on the game for 1 minute and 16 seconds versus the Dolphins and 25 seconds during the Bills game. So everyone who's saying, I'm tired of Taylor Swift, fuck off. It's they, they flash to coaches. They flash to all kinds of people. They're going to show celebrities in the crowd. This is why they have that. So stop fucking bitching about it. It's going to happen. It's television. I'm really enjoying Swifty's memes about all of this. And in fact, the fact that they have just adopted Jason Kelsey as their drunk uncle has been fucking awesome. Um, the fact that Jason Kelsey is going to have a new pet cat soon because his wife heard the interview that he did with his brother and saying that, yeah, I called it out. And, you know, I just do this kind of stuff. And this is how we met, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we just don't talk about stuff. We do it. And so she took a clip of that and reposted it onto Twitter and just said, hey, uh, I'll see you with our new cat here tonight. <laughs> and so she's apparently adopting a cat. And so good good for her for taking advantage of that situation. You know, you got to have fun with it. Um, you guys have touched on a lot of the game. I, I want to talk specifically about 
what happened in the last drive with Buffalo. Um, Stephon Diggs dropped a touchdown pass, which would have won them the game. Um, then, oddly, Josh Allen was trying to be like Dan Marino or John Elway for some reason and decided he needed to get all of the yards at once and missed wide open guys that would not have been for like five or six yards. You know, we always talk about the check down and not getting the first down. These guys were like 15 to 20 yards down the field and wide open and not like off the side. They were right in front of him. He missed some wide open receivers that would have easily gotten that kicker into a better field goal position. And it, it's a complete failure on the entire Buffalo staff fault. You're right, Tank. The play calling was awful. Uh, Josh Allen looked like he was just trying to win it with his arm and be the hero. You can't do that. Uh, they're just Kansas City's too good for that. Uh, it just a really bad job by the Bills in this game. They should have won this game. And they came up empty-handed. That's their own fault. The the whole Bills thing just did. and it's funny because that's just what Buffalo does. I laughed when he missed the kick because I knew it was going to happen. Same here. Um, if you were going to beat as Buffalo, if you were going to beat Kansas City, this was the game to do it. And they had yeah. the script already figured out. And I think what happened was is they decided at halftime that Kansas City was going to scheme to take away the inside run, so they decided to do other shit. And it looks like Kansas City decided they're going to try to do other shit, so let's take that away. And that's They played right into Kansas City's hands. I, I, I don't know if necessarily Josh was playing hero ball as much as he was told. The game is now on your shoulders. We're not running it anymore. Uh, go ahead and go do it. Josh Allen is one hell of a quarterback. Love to have him here. However, this one is squarely on the coaching. This one's squarely on McDermott and his offensive staff and the way they changed their play calling in the second half. They had 150 yards plus on the ground in the first half. They, were, they made Chris Jones look stupid. That man dominates a two-yard area around him on every single play. and He, he couldn't find helpless. his footing. Yeah. He was absolutely helpless. And they were gashing them left and right. And if they stuck with it, they would have wore that entire defense down and it wouldn't have mattered. The other thing I want to mention is the announcer's jinx is absolutely real. Oh, when brutal. Bass lined up, I called it in the house. I'm sitting there I'm like, oh, God, they just jinxed him. And Sarah's like, what? I'm like the graphic. He's nine for nine in games where he's going to kick for the lead in the fourth quarter. He's going to miss it. And what does he do? The two worst words in Buffalo sports, wide right. Um, on that note, and I'm glad you, before you go on, I, I, we need to talk about the announcing a little bit. I have some of the announcers calls on the ready that I've saved for this particular moment of that kick. Um, I want to start with what you just referred to the Jim Nance kick. Um, here's the call from Jim Nance on CBS. The support in the building. The kick. One for us. The game on the line. He will. 44 yards pass. No, he doesn't make it. So that's pretty good, right? Jim Nance calling out the whole thing. Um, let's go to the national broadcast that was portrayed on the radio by one of the show's favorites. Uh, everyone loves him. Let's talk about Kevin Harlan, shall we? Kevin Harlan on Westwood One, take it away. Tyler Bass will try a 44-yard field goal to tie. The wind at his back. The snap is good. The ball put down. The kick is up. And no good. Wide right. 
Wide right. The Bills kicker missed a field goal. Wide right. I mean, you know, touching on the same notes, you know, obviously mm-hmm. referencing history without being a complete jackass. Uh, I don't have the Buffalo local call. I was looking for it everywhere, but Buffalo Radio has scrubbed this, that um, so I couldn't it. find it. Yeah. But I've got two more calls for you, if you will indulge me, shall I? Uh, let's talk about the Kansas City call. So uh, here is from 610 in Kansas City. 147 to go in the game on fourth down and nine for Buffalo. Placement down. Bass's kick is up, and the kick is no good. A little prophecy. Tyler Bass has struggled, and he just misses the kick. So, you know, that's 610 Sports in Kansas City. The last one I want to talk to you guys about, and this one might be actually my favorite. Um, This is the Korean radio call. Oh, yeah, I heard this. So I don't speak Korean, but I know exactly what they just said. (laughs) (laughs) The two blokes just going. With a simultaneous, oh! <laughs> it's like an episode of Bad Friends. Sorry, I had to get that out of the way. I've been holding on to that one, so go ahead. That's good. That's good. It's like, have you seen the German call? It, it's from several years ago of Matt Ryan throwing a pick to a Saints guy, and yeah. the German call, and then the Saints guy stiff arms Matt Ryan, and they're both like. I will say, talking about announcers, I do want to touch on this a little bit. I have joined the uh, get Romo off the fucking TV, off the call, please, please. I'm not sure how this guy manages to get. He is so annoying. When he first started, he was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, Yeah. he's gotten awful. He's terrible. He makes you can tell. I don't know. You can tell Jim Nance working with him. You can tell he is just bothered. He made some straight terrible calls about the stuff that was happening. I'm like, dude, are you watching the fucking game at all? Well, and then he just (laughs) says stupid shit like, yeah, you know, that's the kind of throw I would make, but nobody's watching me make that throw. I'm just doing it at home in my underwear. I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't care about that because I got enough of that from Madden for long enough. I'm adapted to that. Um, yeah, but this isn't rookie mode on Madden. No, it's his, <laughs> no, it's his just false statements about what's happening on the field seemingly sometimes, or he'll just say something. I'm like, that's not what, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, Why did you say that? What is happening in front of yeah. me. <laughs> it's 100% about the cadence of how he sounds and not what he's actually saying. Mm-hmm. Cause if you're just listening to the cadence of the words, he sounds pretty good. Mm-hmm. But if you're actually listening to the words, he sounds like a fucking right. ninja poop. Right. Yeah. He yeah. sounds so stupid in this yeah. game. He, it he was almost ugh. his first season. He was almost clairvoyant. Like he would tell you what's coming before it would happen. And then I don't, maybe it's his separation they from the game. Maybe he's not watching as much film. Maybe he's, I not think they told him, Stop calling the plays before they happen, especially. I, I, I loved that. I'd lo- I, a lot of people love that. I don't know why they would tell that was you fun. That because yeah. that was, everyone was like, "God, this Tony Romo guy is really good." And then the last two years has been just dreadful. It's honestly part Here. of the reason I like the Manning cast so much because they'll sit there right. and their guests will like, "Oh no, this is what's oh, about man, to happen," and it comes happens, right. and I'm like, "That's fucking awesome!" Right? I love that. I love that much knowledge. 
I'm, this I'm wait till you get the Kelsey cast on Peacock. You know. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you know that's coming. Oh, Jason with the knowledge and Travis yeah. with the hard-hitting yeah, right. commentary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, like I was saying, this one's squarely on the coaching in Buffalo. Um, they did – there was a report earlier that Stephon Diggs is committed to staying, so we'll see how that all shakes out. But they definitely have some work to do. And I do think that also – Buffalo's depleted linebacking core had a lot to do with how this game went. They went into the game with three linebackers, and by the time we got to halftime, they had two. Uh, not having Milano was a huge miss. Now you got to go to war with the army you got, but the lack of depth there definitely hurt them for sure. Speaking uh, of the lack of depth and of uh, Travis Kelsey, did you guys see the Josh Allen post game with Travis and Josh Allen? <laughs> Where he basically was like, you guys, you I don't even know how the hell you guys got here. Like, Great job. You guys will be back next year. You know, he was, it, it was just really classy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yes, there wasn't a lot of favoritism towards the Chiefs in this game. Like there tends to be sometimes. But uh, Sean Hockley makes me angry watching him ref at this point. Because he is such a fucking Chiefs stan. It's obvious on some of the calls that they just blatantly missed. You know, like, I don't know, Josh Allen giving himself up on the run and then getting slammed to the ground by three dudes and no one seems to give a shit that that just happened. Come on, guys. Let's let's keep the calls even across the board just a little. Well, you know what I say about referees. Score more points. The last thing I'm going to say about this is, and specifically in the depleted defense, let's bring Vaughn home for one more year and just make it happen. Let him just finish off his his career as a Bronco, bring him in on every other third down and let him run around because, you know, we're not going to have anything else to watch that's going to be fun, so let's just do that, okay? Yeah, I'm good with it. Attention, George it. Payton. Go get Vaughn. Do it now. Yeah. yeah. Do it now. Do it. All right. Do it. Do While you're at it, talk to Gene it. Mingo for us. There you See go. See how he's doing. Right. Let's get Mingo on a on a KOA we need, a, we need a Mingo cast is what we need. We need a Mingo cast. I'd listen to that guy talk for hours. Absolutely. All right. That's enough of what has happened. Let's move into what will happen. And for the second to the last time, we are going to do Pew Pew Pick'em. All right. Well, first off, this is Pew Pew Pick'em, but yes, we are going to talk about things that are going to happen, but we need to talk about the things that have already happened. Uh, Matt, while you were gone, the uh, Wild Card Weekend happened. Um, You weren't here for us for the recap of Wild Card Weekend, but I need to let you know that you were two and four on Wild Card Weekend. Um, Frank was four and two. Uh, So that being said, I'm going to keep updating the standings, you know, throughout the playoffs. Um, with this weekend, uh, Frank was two and two this weekend. Um, Matt was three and one. So a nice bounce back week for Matt. Overall, Frank still leads in the standings. He is six and four. Uh, Matt is five and five. And Michaela is lovely. So there you go. <laughs> so, um, yes, let's talk about these weekend games coming up. I'm just going to give you the lines and I'm going to give you the over unders. And then uh, we're going to talk about some football, guys. Let's talk about the Chiefs going into Baltimore, where apparently that one offensive lineman, Creed, that everyone loves, who uh, plays for the Chiefs, can eat a lot of crab cakes. He said so today. Um, Creed Humphrey. Yeah, he said 
He said, I'm 300 pounds. I eat everything. That's he asked. They were asking him if he liked crab cakes. He's like, well, yeah, I guess I, I love crab cakes. I'm 300 pounds. I eat everything. Um, he's actually really funny. But the Chiefs in Baltimore, this is an over-under of 44 and a half, which seems a little low to me considering the two offensive outputs, but the defenses have both been pretty good. Uh, Ravens at home are favored by three and a half. So a fairly even matchup slightly favors Baltimore. Uh, Matt, tell me about this one. I said there is no clock. Thank you. I said it earlier that if you're going to beat the Chiefs, this is the year to do it. They have one wide receiver who can be counted on. Uh, last week, not having Kadarius Tony was addition by subtraction. I'm sure they'll find a way to get him back on the field, and he will fuck something up. Having said that, Baltimore is getting one of their weapons back. Uh, Mark Andrews could probably have played last week if they absolutely needed him, but the emergence of one Isaiah likely made that unnecessary, so Edward uh, Andrews gets another chance, uh, another week to recoup and recover, and he will be back on the field against Kansas City. I do not want to have anything to do with trying to coach against a Baltimore team that has Zay Flowers, OBJ, Mark Andrews, and Isaiah Likely on the field at the same time. No thank you, sir. We talked about how Lamar Jackson is him. This is Another MVP season for Lamar Jackson. He's showing it right now in front of our face. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you that there's something wrong in Kansas City. There has been something wrong all year long. There are some cracks in the armor. There are some issues with their poise and how they are comporting themselves, especially in a loss this is not the same Kansas City team that we have seen over the past four years. Three and a half points is not enough. This is Baltimore by seven. Book it. Frank? Okay. Um, I've been thinking the Ravens have been awesome all year. And honestly, I'm not surprised that they got to the point they are. They got injured a lot early, but um, they seem to just forge ahead somehow. <laughs> And then just got better as the season went on. Um, I threw a little thing into the chat. I don't know if you guys saw that. It's a, a write-up of uh, some comments that Warren Sharp had made. Um, Warren Sharp is a football analyst that really breaks down the numbers quite a bit. And the this was actually sent to me by my wife, who was looking into this. Um, the officiating crew for this game has a weird tendency to uh, go against the home team. Like, a lot against the home team, to the point where um, the average is home teams covering the spread is roughly 50% across the league. When he's roughing, it's 37% to cover the spread. And a lot of those end up being losses for the home team. Uh, so that's kind of a weird coincidence that since this guy's been refing for the last three years that that keeps happening um and there's a lot of numbers that actually kind of show that's happening and god i really don't want that to be the case um because that does tend to happen in these you know championship games weirdly where there's some weird calls that happen and i hope it doesn't come down to that but i have a weird feeling that it will um but Kansas City, I think... Okay, we lost you, Frank. 
I you lost me. What just happened? I hear him. You just went silent. Oh, I hear oh. him. I can't hear anything from anybody. No, no, you're good. Thank you. Your good. audio is bad. Sorry. <laughs> Carry on. I'll figure okay. out what's going on with me. Um, but going along with that, I think that Kansas City's offense is going to have a hard time against Baltimore. I think this game is going to be a two-point game. And I think Baltimore squeezes by just with all the weapons they seem to have on offense kind of ticking at the same time. And I think they're going to have to beat the refs to win this game, but I think they will do it. Uh, If Mark can't hear us. No, no, I'm good. good. Yeah, my headphones just disconnected from the Bluetooth for some reason. So I just had to turn it back on. So we're good. good. Um, Michaela, what do you got? I hope. Lamar Jackson eats Andy Reid. Go Baltimore. That'd be wild. <laughs> I'm imagining like, so here's what I'm seeing. This is my AI vision of this. Um, you've got uh, Andy Reid, like just like face down. And, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson's got like his leg in his mouth. And Andy Reid's got like an apple in his, you know, like a like a stuck pig. And it's like the the Madden thing with the, the turkey leg, but it's an Andy Reid leg. Did you just call Andy Reid a pig? That's kind of rude, dude. He's a big fat guy. <laughs> He's a hefty individual who likes himself some nuggies. And he I likes to hear about bundles with those nuggies. They're going to turn him into a hamburger, to be honest. <laughs> I, I'm with you guys. I think the three and a half is not big enough. Um, the, the the chef's ride is over for the year, I think. Um, I could be surprised that the Chiefs live another day. I loved when the Chief, I love when the Chiefs win because it drives a lot of people around here crazy. And Patrick Mahomes is a really good quarterback. Um, so I don't hate the Chiefs. Um, anyways, let's carry on to the Hold on, NFC Mark, side of Mark, things. Before you move on, let me ask you one question. And you yeah. alluded to this a few weeks ago. Is yeah. Should the Chiefs lose? Is this Andy Reid's last game? No. He'll be back. He has no reason to retire. He has no reason to retire. Um, When they signed Mahomes to that lengthy, lengthy contract a few years ago, uh, he's just having too much fun with Mahomes and those guys. He's not going anywhere for at least a couple more years. Um, But that's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, Next on the docket, let's talk about the NFC, shall we? And we've got some knee biters and a Shanahan. Uh, the Detroit Lions are taking it, uh, taking over Ford, or not Ford Field. They're leaving Ford Field and going to Levi Field. So we're going from a car to a pair of jeans, and uh, the field is like a zipper on those jeans. You know, it just doesn't work very well, and it's just very jagged and hurts people a lot. Uh, the number on this one is fifty-one and a half for this game, uh, for the over/under, and currently the 49ers are favored by seven at home. Uh, let's start with Frank this time. Go ahead. This is such a hard game to call. I know a lot of people are going to say, well, it's obvious that it's the Niners. And I'm like, Vegas doesn't think it's very hard to call. Um, I think the Niners have a hard time with teams that are tougher than them. And I think Detroit is. I think Detroit is a tougher team than they are. And for some reason... I would definitely normally lead in Shanahan's favor when it comes to out-coaching somebody, but I think Campbell is going to go fully in the meathead knee-biter mode and is going to just be cheerleading the shit out of this team 
And for some reason, I think that means Detroit somehow, at most a three-point game, pulls this off. So you've got the Lions winning? Yes. Okay, Matt, what do you think? I'm going to preface, I'm going to start by saying, first and foremost, at the beginning of the year, I called San Francisco to go to the Super Bowl. I am going to stay consistent. Um, I am going to say San Francisco is going to win this game just to stay consistent with that prediction. Um, However, this game is going to hinge on whether or not Debo Samuels can play and can play effectively. Uh, He changes the outlook of that offense. He changes how that offense plays. He has an edge to him that I don't think anyone else on that team does. Uh, Is Christian going to be healthy? Is Christian going to be able to do what he's supposed to do and can do uh, when he's 100%? Who knows? Uh, We saw what happened when San Francisco played in their own building in the Elements could they have the same struggles? Yes, absolutely. I actually really enjoy the shit out of this Lions team. This has been a fun ride for them. Uh, we've said, Jesus, what was that? Ice. I'm sorry. World's <laughs> loudest drink of water. <laughs> I didn't think it was that loud. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> Your microphone's right there. You're, you're shattering water drink. Right. <laughs> Um, and we've said it before, as much as we made fun of Dan Campbell when he first started, he's turned into one of the goons' favorite coaches. Uh, he is a perfect fit for that team. He's a perfect fit for that city. This is a really good football team coming into San Francisco, and it would not surprise me at all if they won. However, like I said, I'm going to pick San Francisco. I don't think that they cover. Um, and if, if Debo doesn't play, all bets are off. But I'm putting that on my name on that prediction to stay consistent. Michaela. Matt's a fucking coward. Go Lions. All right. That's what I'm talking about. Matt rebuttal. I'm just consistent. I call them at the beginning of the year. I'm going to stick with it. Cool. And he'd actually made a pick, which makes him slightly less of a coward. Slightly, slightly less of a coward. Cause he's actually picking somebody. He's not staying. He's, he's kind of on the fence, but he actually made a pick. So we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt this time. Um, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Matt. Um, I also just don't think that San Francisco is right. I think they got too much time off. Brock Purdy just doesn't look right. Debo doesn't look great. Um, I really like the receiving core that the Detroit Lions have. They have two studs and a tight end who is just unbelievable. Um, I really like what Jared Goff's got around him. So if I'm comparing the two teams side-by-side health-wise, I'm taking Detroit every single time. And Jared Goff has got more playoff experience than uh, Brock Purdy. Um, I, I I think that this game is not a seven-point game, but I also don't think I'd be surprised if I would. I'm going to take the Lions in this one just because it's fun. Why not? Why not? Why not? There you go. Why not? Like I'm going lone wolf here. Might get yeah. a chance to tie it up. Yeah. That's that's my shot. I have one chance to tie it up, and that's it. Here it is. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> and that was uh, NFL championship. Pew pew. Pick them. Uh, breaking news: Christian McCaffrey's house in uh, Nashville is up for sale. Uh, Carolina or 
or Carolina, yep, is up for sale. Uh, it was he bought it for seven point four million. He listed it for fourteen point two. So looking to get some pretty good return on investment there. So Ooh, there that's not a bad return. Yeah, I, I just want one, one, one of those million dollars would do me just fine. I don't need a whole mm -hmm. bunch. Just one of those million would be just fine with this guy. And I definitely don't have the same name that I had last night. Pew pew pick them. Back to you guys. All right, very good. Well, thank you. That covers what happened and what has happened. Let's move on to other news and notes in the NFL. The coaching carousel goes round and round and round, and there have been a ton of moves in the last week and especially in the last 48 hours. Uh, before we go down this list, I do want to point out one thing. The 2013 Washington Redskins coaching staff was absolutely jacked. You guys realize that there are five head coaches that were on that coaching staff? In 2013, the 2013 Redskins staff. Listen to this. Listen to this. This group: Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Matt Lafleur, Mike McDaniel, Raheem Morris, and there may be a sixth head coach in Bobby Slowick if he picks up one of the other two jobs. There are five head coaches off of that team. Yeah, and who is the head coach at that point? I know the answer, but go ahead and say it. I don't know. Tell me. Was it Mike Shanahan? Was it Mike Shanahan? There's your yeah. shanty tree. There That's you what go. I'm and yeah. to follow up that, guess how many of them we've interviewed when we had vacancies? Almost all of them. And guess how many we picked, even though... Zero. We had an option at all of these coaches when we had a vacancy, and we went with none of them. I have had, at one point or another, strong, positive opinions about 90% of these guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We went with. Uh, I will say they, they did reason. not. They passed on interviewing McDaniel. Um, I did. They get Kyle the interview, or did they just yeah. decide not to? Because I remember um, old Watts's buckets, who was running the show as part of the trust. You know, was definitely anti Shanny everything because of the way it was ended. Xander. No, the other one. I can't. Yeah, remember. Dude. Yeah. yeah they, he, number three. Yeah, he got uh, the interview and did not get a second. Yeah, but they didn't interview uh, McDaniel. So no, they denied him an interview. And yeah, so they didn't even give him one. Didn't even give him a look. But yeah, it's racked and stacked. How 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 massive was that? How did they not win more games? Oh yeah, RG three got hurt. That's how. I was gonna say uh, yeah, their team sucked and their owner was an idiot. <laughs> right. They drafted two quarterbacks in the first round. Come on, mm -hmm. or yeah, not in the first win. round, but in the one draft. Yeah. I was going to say, who's this fucking Michaela? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's just go down the list, and then we can cover a couple of things. Uh, the Titans struck first and picked up Brian Callahan to be their head coach, uh, son of the other Callahan who coached in a couple of different places, notably Bill. the Raiders and the yeah, Bill, uh, the Raiders and uh, the Nebraska Cornhuskers for a time. Uh, Raheem Morris gets another shot. As a okay. head coach in Atlanta, you may remember that he took over as the interim head coach and went four and seven, uh, did not have a good first run in Tampa. Uh, the one that I hate, absolutely hate the most, Jim Harbaugh, gets to go to San Diego. Fuck. Michael Jordan. Michael yeah. Jordan. What? That sucks so the Michael hard. Jordan treatment. The NCAA gave him the and and NBA Michael Jordan. Oh, you treatment. think they you think they NBA'd him? All right. Yeah. Yeah. I and said then, that a couple uh, weeks ago, too. Yeah, you did. Uh, then Dave Canales, uh, who was the uh, an offensive coordinator, takes over the head job in uh, Carolina. Uh, I'm going to 
put this question to you guys, and I'll Mark, I'll start with you. So far, what was the biggest surprise of this year's coaching carousel? Nobody's pursuing Belichick, apparently. Damn it, you took that right out of my mouth. Uh, <laughs> it's really interesting well, to me. Nobody's pursuing him, but nobody's giving him nobody's, a job. Yeah, like, he's interviewed right. everywhere. Yeah, but, he, but he's only done, like, I think he did a second in Atlanta, but he didn't really do a second interview anywhere else. So uh, that's really surprising to me. Um, the fact that there's still an opening in Washington is surprising to me. Washington is going to get it in is. there. Uh, <laughs> um, I was talking with the Redskins, an actual as fuck, actual AF, as the kids say, Redskins fan today at the bar. And well, uh, he's not a Redskins fan. He's a Commanders uh, fan. Commanders fan. What a Washington. He's a fan of the Washington, Washington football team. Um, he would be pretty happy if they went ahead and just offered it to their current offensive coordinator who's still under contract. Um, that's the guy that he wants. They're not going to give him that opportunity. Obviously, they're waiting for one of these guys who's still in the postseason to take that job. But, um, yeah, I, I would have liked for him to take that job too. Um, but it's not happening at that point. If, if that was the case, it would have happened already, unfortunately. Uh but yeah, that's that's what I've got is uh, Belichick and Washington still got a job opening. Michaela, she was looking Jesus. something. Sorry, I was. There's this thing from you keep saying coaching carousel, and there's a part in Disco Elysium where they talk about a cock carousel, and I was trying to find the clip to send to you guys, and I couldn't pull it up. Jesus. <laughs> She was furiously Googling mandatory information she didn't know, like the cock carousel. It's really, it's a really funny bit. <laughs> um, For fuck's sake. But I agree that it's weird that Belichick hasn't been hired anywhere. That's, I thought, I thought for sure he was going to the Falcons. I thought for sure he was going to the Falcons. And then they were like, nope, this guy. And I was like, oh. Okay, well, surely someone else will hire Bill Belichick. Oh, no. Okay, well, interesting. <laughs> Tank? Um, yeah, I was kind of leaning towards the fact that Vrabel and Belichick are the two coaches on the outside looking in currently is really weird. Um, especially with, Vrabel. Especially with them going with uh, Morris and Atlanta, I thought for sure that was going to be uh, Belichick or Vrabel go going there to take over that team that's relatively young and has a lot of really talented players. Allegedly. Um, yeah, allegedly. Um, so I'd say the Morris and the Callahan are kind of even on being surprised pickups. I didn't know that either of them were really being pushed up that much um, to – both of them land a head coaching job in this cycle, but I guess good for them. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I think that the Belichick thing is is certainly surprising. <clears throat> Someone would jump at it, but the other thing that strikes me here, fellas, is with the exception of Antonio Pierce at Oakland um, getting that nod, which was not a surprise at all, and Harbaugh being really the best coach on the board going to San Diego. These other jobs are being filled by young guys. Oh, yeah. 
the 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 retread carousel isn't necessarily a thing this time around and we have seen more of that in years past than we are in this year and it's very interesting to me we'll see how it all plays out especially uh with the falcons and the panthers i am I love Raheem Morris as a coordinator. I am not a fan of him as a head coach. I think he's too much of a player's coach and doesn't necessarily have the discipline inside the locker room to hold it together. Uh, and we don't know anything about Dave Canales besides he was an OC, and that's about it. I know literally literally nothing about the man. Um I, I will say this, take to your point about Brian Callahan. I did see his name a few times as jobs were coming up and people were saying he was definitely in the interview cycle. So I wasn't super surprised, but the Ray Morris thing is um, that was interesting to me for sure. I'm not sure where they're going. I mean, if they get a quarterback, it all gets solved and maybe get, gets a good offensive coordinator who knows how to actually use Bijan and Kyle Pitts. We'll see. And either Justin Fields or Russ Wilson. I uh, 100% the Antonio Pierce has got to be the least surprising in football, especially after the way the Raiders lost Biagi. I think that um, Mark Davis still has fucking PTSD for Biagi. Wasn't his name? Biagi? Sachi. Sachi. Thank you. (laughs) Some fucking name that's hard to (laughs) identify. The Gabagoo. I think he still has some PTSD about not making that higher. Um, so Antonio Pierce wasn't going to get out of town. No, no, it was absolutely. And, you know, the rumor was that Max Crosby uh, was going to demand a trade Max. if they didn't. Yeah. And when you're. By far, number one best player and the heart and soul of that team says, if you don't sign him, I'm going to leave. Well, then you obviously keep the guy, right? Yeah, right. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind that Crosby's the man in that room. All right, let's move on to some other smaller moves in the NFL. Uh, first, Vic Fangio is finally sick and tired of Mike McDaniel and goes to play in his hometown and is going to be the DC in Philly. Sad, Mark, that we're not going to get the Mike and Vic podcast that we all were begging for about eight months ago because that would have been genius. But uh, yeah, the thing about Vic here, Mark, is that, you know, he, he could walk away from a job and get picked up in five minutes. So he's like, whatever, I can go wherever I want, right? Yeah, uh, McDaniel was probably sick of his shit, if I'm going to be honest. Um, plus, their defense really wasn't that good this year. I know that they had a little bit of uh, a hiccup with some health stuff, but still was, uh, got kind of sketchy towards the end there. Um, so it'll be interesting. I think that um, this makes Philadelphia the most cantankerous staff maybe in the NFL, top to bottom, just like the grumpiest guys on the planet all go to Philly. Uh, which makes sense for them. So good job there. Uh, Tank, do you think uh, Big Dom and Vic will manage to keep a lid on Sirianni's outbursts? I think they are. I don't know if they're going to be able to, but I'm fairly certain Fangio is going to try to, um, which is going to lead to an interesting relationship next year. Because if you're going to have uh, the, uh, the old mafioso himself trying to keep control over the guy who thinks he's a mafioso. It should be interesting. Um, also, I think a it's a good move. Interim though. head coach. Yeah, future <laughs> interim head coach of Philadelphia, Vic <laughs> Fangio. 
right. <laughs> he may not make it out of the season next year if things right. continue the way they ended. <laughs> and, but I think it's a good move. I think that's the right move for Philly. Yeah. Uh, that's a good coach to bring in with that team. I think what happened in Miami wasn't really Fangio's fault, if I'm going to be honest. Um, they got hurt a lot, and there's only so much you can do when you're that beat up, getting that deep in the season. Um, and I think he'll he'll turn that uh, Philly team uh, even make him even better than on the defensive side. So good for him, Michaela. Sounds good. <laughs> I didn't. I, I'll be honest. I Sounds saw good. something. I saw something that Vic Fangio was moving, and I was like, "Vic Fangio still is in the league." Oh, okay. I as soon as he left the uh, Broncos, I forgot he existed. So. Good, good job, boss. <laughs> good job. All right. And then Tank, you alluded to it, so I'll start with you here. Uh, Joe Barry's out as <laughs> Green Bay defensive coach. That's your guy. Uh, Joe, Joe Barry with Colorado Ties. Uh, what do you think about them making that change? I think that was the best decision they could have made. Unfortunately, he is so damn inconsistent. They had a lot of talent on that team, and there was no consistency at all. They do amazing against a team they shouldn't, and they'd get their doors blown off by the Giants. You know, like, how how you could be that inconsistent as a defensive uh, unit is absurd, and that's that's a discipline issue, and that's the D.C.'s fault. Mark? Yeah, I'm, you know, I watched a lot more Packers this year than I have uh, in a while, just because of the nature of my relationship. And uh, the defense suffered from massive inconsistencies, despite their young and talented group. Um, they're young and athletic enough. They have enough pieces to go around. Uh, yeah, there's systemic failures in keeping a level head in that room. So Joe Barry had to go. Yep. Uh, I would kick. Yeah, I would kick it over to MJ, but in case you're listening to us and not watching us, she stepped away, so we're just going to move on. Uh, I do agree. Uh, right move for Green Bay, and more good things to come for them for sure. Maybe Basaccia on- takes that job. Basaccia mm-hmm. might take that job. He's with the staff. That staff currently. Mm-hmm. Good. We'll see what happens. All right, let's move on to the NBA, and this is your bi-weekly reminder that the best player in the world currently resides in Denver, Colorado. I put it on the agenda a few notes down, but I do want to call out this absolutely ridiculous stat. I, I Before you go on real quick, we got we just have to make sure that you understand that it's now the weekly reminder because we've been doing oh, yeah, it every week. Yeah, we and I had Frank say it last week, so we're, we're in good shape. So carry on. Brilliant. The, the streak is alive. Awesome. Correct. Um, I, I ran across this stat on, on X today, uh, and I don't remember who posted it. I'll, I'll find it and put it in the group chat. But uh, with not only with the triple-double against Indiana that this <laughs> a few days ago, does Joker now have a triple-double against everyone but his own team, who he's never played and will probably never play, uh, and Washington. Um, he Man. just missed the triple-double the last time he played Washington uh, a couple days after by one, so we got the Sambor double. He only missed it by one assist. Uh, he now has, listen to this, he has 20 triple-doubles with one or fewer turnovers. There are, that That's is five insane. more, five more than anybody else ever. That is insane. That is a ridiculous stat. That is like, precision. I, <laughs> right? That is Tom Brady-esque precision. Good 
God, it's just <laughs> unbelievable. That, that. I, I hope that Denver fans don't ever take this man for granted because he does something every single night that is just eye-popping and it's unbelievable. Uh, moving on to the rest of his team, the Nuggets are currently the number three seed. Uh, Mini and OKC are tied. Uh, there was a little bit of a meltdown in Minnesota the other night when Cat decided he was going to go for 60, and everyone else was like, oh, I guess I'll go in the corner and fuck myself then. And they, <laughs> <laughs> and they fucking went and lost. <laughs> It's a good way to put that, actually. Yeah, yeah. They totally did. Beautiful way of putting it. Right. And the coach came out and criticized the maturity of the team. Anthony Edwards was like, and pretty much said, I guess I will go fuck myself. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say it in so many words, but that's basically what he said. That, what he team is, that team is well-constructed. Tim Connolly knows what he's doing. He's put together a team he thinks they can beat the Nuggets, but they're a bunch of fucking head cases, Tank. Yeah, I would happen to agree with that fully. Um I don't know if you've up on tonight's events. Uh, bad things happened. Uh, yeah, with the Nuggets yeah. tonight. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Including an injury to our captain, um, mm -hmm. and a just the most miserable shooting performance I think the team's had this entire year. It was awful, awful, awful shooting, and got they got blown out by the Knicks tonight, which that is a sad fucking statement. So, yeah, we need our captain on the court, apparently, and him being out for, I think, the entire fourth quarter uh, was not a good thing. What was the nature of the injury? I didn't see it yet. Eyeballs. Eyeball, yeah. Oh, he got he poked. Got, he got his eyeball poked out. Oh, I need something. Yeah, I hate that. <clears throat> I hate every part of that. Right. Yeah, I knew they were getting boat raced, but I didn't see the specifics. Yeah. We, we, need, we need Jamal. Dear God, and then yeah. whatever, and and to to downplay, a, I mean, a loss that bad is bad, but to downplay a loss of the Knicks, the Knicks are a good team, and when they brought in OGN and Obi, they got better defensively. Um, they've made some noise in the last couple of weeks. They've been playing better. Uh, beat Boston, in fact. Um, so they're not as bad as they have been. Uh, they're not great, but they are an up and coming team in the East. Uh, Mark. Anything you want to say about uh, Mini? <laughs> about Mini? Yeah. Minnesota? Yeah. No, yeah, no, I, don't, no, I don't care Minnesota? about them. Okay. No, I don't care about them. Okay. No. <laughs> Get out of here. Carl Anthony Towns, every time he opens his mouth to speak, uh, I just want to like put cotton in my ears or put my head in the sand because he might be the stupidest person in the NBA. Well, and we he saw has what happened. Such an ego, and it's oh, not at all, not at all, fucking deserved. And no more was it on display than in the series in the playoffs last year when he completely turtled because he wasn't the focus of the offense, and then all of a sudden either chose not to hit the side of a barn or just failed to be able to shoot the rest of the last three games because he was absolutely dreadful. Um, yeah. One of those, another one of those guys, a million dollar talent, two cent head. Uh, Michaela, anything you want to say about the, the nugs? Uh, the, I had something and then I had to Google who the captain is on the team right now. Cause I didn't know if maybe it was one of those weird things where it's like, Oh, well it would make sense if it's 
Jokic, but sometimes they're weird and they'll make it other guys. And it's very hard to figure out who the captain of a basketball team is. Um, but the Nuggets are good. And I like watching them. Except that I've only watched them like twice. But I did decide that um, Nikola Jokic is a character from Kuroko no Basuke. He's got magic powers at basketball. <laughs> That's 100% accurate. That dude is a magician with a basketball yeah, somehow. Yeah. Um, would just like to say um, both of the Boston teams in the winter sports are in number one in the league. So there. Best records in both leagues. Okay. No, but for real, who's the captain of the... I cannot find... Of who? Who the fuck the nuggets. the nuggets? They don't actually have a captain. They don't actually have captains. I'm calling him the captain because he's the leader of that. Because he is the captain. <laughs> <laughs> he's de facto captain. Yeah, they don't they actually have... wear skis on their chest. He's just no. the captain. They just oh, look, at the <laughs> look at the number of dollar signs that are on the contract, and then that's the captain. Yeah, that's that's why I can't find it. Yeah, yeah they don't who's do that. like who's who's the captain of the Nuggets? Yeah, that's and they're awesome. like, there's no captain. Yeah, it's like, not a thing. <laughs> okay, thank you for. Uh, other news and notes of the NBA: There has been a trade. Uh, the Hornets trade Rozier to the Heat for. 106-year-old Lowry and a protected first. Uh, the Heat get a little bit better, I guess. Oh, come on, the guy's 39. I mean, he was great in the playoffs that one year. Yeah. And was one of the well, they're just going to turn around and duel him, too. It was all around the first part. Oh, yeah. They're just yeah, going to about the first again. Yeah. Yeah. But we know that the Heat collect senior citizens. That's not new. Well, yeah, but Rozier's not a serious because yeah, what else? What else do they no, do? No, but Miami? they had Lowry to spare. That's <laughs> right. what I'm saying. <laughs> right. Miami, Phoenix, <laughs> they just love old people in both of those God. places, so it makes yeah. sense that they're the old folks on the professional basketball team too. <laughs> right. The Clippers. It's the nature of what's going on in the city, so it makes right. sense. I, I do want to say. Um, I was watching. Uh, it was halftime of the uh, the most recent Nuggets game that was on TNT, and I don't remember who they were playing, but they were winning. And the, it was on ESPN, and they said, "Well, so you know, the Nuggets are winning. Are, are they going to repeat?" And our buddy, good old Perk, said, "Nope, the Clippers." <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, come on, Christ, bro. They can't stay healthy. <laughs> oh, that must have been at the 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 during the Clipper uh, the Laker Clipper game that was on the other night. No, it I was during a Nuggets a portion game. of that. It, it was during okay. a Nuggets game. It was after it was during, it was either halftime or after a Nuggets game. Mm. Um, and they're saying, "Are the Nuggets going to repeat?" And he's like, "Nope." <laughs> so the Nuggets hatred continues, even yeah. though Perk makes some noises with his lips occasionally that sound that nice. That dude is a hot guys. take machine. God damn. And a dumbass take machine. He's not Jason McIntyre, but yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, he's awful. All right, so we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, uh, maybe even as much as a month, but we were talking about the worst team in the NBA and the futility of the Detroit Pistons. And we were going to name a trophy uh, after the worst team in NBA history. Now, the accepted worst team in NBA history is the Charlotte Bobcats. I was going to name the – I was – I mean – you're not wrong. They were, they were bad. Right. It was like 
They yeah, were really bad. They won 11 games. Yeah, they're yeah. .106. Now, I threw them out of contention because it wasn't a full season. So I didn't think it was fair necessarily because that was the year that the lockout happened and they'd lost the first two weeks of the season. So I went back and I said, this is awfully poetic. The next worst teams, and there are two of them, are the Philadelphia 76ers, and their worst record was a winning percentage of 0. 0.110. So yeah. we are now like 11 game or like 12 games or 15 yeah, games or something like that. Awful. Just yeah. so bad. Just so bad. So the Pistons are at a 0.114 and they're the only team really in contention that's going to do anything. Uh, the Wizards are at 159 and the Spurs are at 182. So we are heartily cheering for the Pistons. They have won exactly one in a row. Let me refresh this and see if they've actually played a game today that I missed since we've been mm. on. Where did it go? Uh, nope, they did not play games. So they're 5-39. and 39. They've won yeah, one. They're two of their last ten. Can, can we do this a little differently than we do the baseball? We do the winning percentage just because there's 100 million games in baseball. The fact that we're talking about a team who possibly won't win double-digit games in a season, that needs to be brought to the foresight. So, yeah, 5-39. and 39. Okay, 5-39, and 39, uh, the 72-73 yes. Philadelphia 76ers were 9-73. and 73. Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> so uh, we bad, have though. to decide. Yeah, they are. They are bad. We have to decide here. Um, do we give them the trophy if they tie at nine, or do they have to make it eight wins by the end of the season and no more to give them the Seventy Sixers trophy? Oh, oh no! Just like a shared championship, they get to share this trophy too. Okay. Okay, I can share it. Well, so here's the thing. And in baseball, we talk about the worst team and we give them the Spiders Cup every year. Um, So I'm thinking that if they tie, that's still going to be the worst team in the NBA, right? So if they they still have single-digit wins, yeah, they definitely get a portion of it. They they get their name on the cup. Their name on the trophy. Yep. It's like the Grays Cup. Yeah. It's It's like the Claret Jug. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, like this, it's like Lord Stanley, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lord Stanley's got a hundred thousand names on it. This Claret Jones yeah. only one guy every year. <laughs> this this is just like a like a, a boot, a tin boot, you know, that you drink out of that's got like a hole in the side oh, so it doesn't even retain water. Yeah, yeah. But like made out of like tin foil. Right. <laughs> Not like a glass one, like a good okay. glass one. I'm talking about like a super cheap one. Yeah. So you've heard it here first. It's nine or fewer wins, and they get the 76ers trophy. Yeah. Go Detroit. It's funny how the Lions are here. No, don't the- go Detroit. <laughs> the Lions are here, and the Pistons like, we fucking suck. We're terrible. <laughs> um, last uh, really interesting and funny note in the NBA, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, who are the number two seed in the Eastern Conference at 30 and 13, up and fired their coach, Adrian Griffin. <laughs> Seemingly out of nowhere. Tank, what happened? Uh, I don't actually know what happened, but I'm going to speculate that dude either said or did some dumb shit that none of us know about, and they just tried to keep it under wraps. That's Mark? my guess. Uh, did he piss on the owner's desk? Or did Doc Rivers make a phone call and say, hey, I could do a better job than this clown? 
those are the only two things I can think that happen. I know that Matt, you probably have a third, but in my head, those are the only two things that I can concoct out of this scenario. Is he did something dumb, or Doc Rivers said, "I want the job." Now, Michaela, if you have something to add, you can. If not, just shake your head because I know. If if we're suggesting bad things that guys can do, what if his name was on the list? Oh, the list. <laughs> His name could have been on the list. What if it was on the list? The list. Here, here's what I think happened. And it hasn't happened a whole lot recently, but we all know the NBA is a player's league. And I think that Griffin lost the locker room and Giannis and Dame both said, this is fucking stupid. Get this guy the fuck out of here. I think they pulled a player power move and got rid of him. Do you think he threatened to get rid of the other Giannis? Or the other Antetokounmpo brother? I don't think that's necessarily his call. I don't, he's a first-year head coach. I don't think he's yeah. got that kind of power with the GM there. The um, guy's been coaching well, for four months. Yeah, <laughs> it's literally the shortest. It's the shortest head coaching stint in the history of the NBA. He was fired with a seven fifty or whatever winning percentage, and they fucking. That's literally him. like that's like a that's like a hockey coach. Like, yeah. <laughs> hockey hockey teams go through yeah, coaches hockey, like hockey, that. Hockey does that shit all the time. Yeah, I think Mark might have accidentally wandered onto something because the rumor mill is that uh, Doc was helping this uh, was helping Griffin from the sidelines. Um, apparently, they were in contact, and he was kind of helping this guy adjust to. So this is a Pat Riley thing. <laughs> it might be a Doc Rivers made a call and said, "You know what? Since I'm doing the work anyway, that's how... the dumbest thing I've ever heard." Yeah, Doc and Rivers only won one been... champion. Why would you? Why... Right. Pat Riley and Doc Rivers are not the same. Doc Rivers won one championship, and he had four Hall of Famers on that team. Uh... <laughs> He didn't win also that championship true. because he was good. He won that championship and then did miserable things with like eight other Hall of Famers on other teams. He's not a good coach. No, uh, apparently, I, could, might... I yeah. could see something like that happening. That That's why I suggested it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how much time he actually could have spent helping him because he was busy doing games, right? And he's not real fun to listen to. But he's on just about every other night. Awful listen to listen to. Well, apparently Griffin mentioned it at some point that he was getting advice. Um, okay. I mean, that could be a couple of phone calls here and there, right? Yeah. But I wonder if one of those phone calls turned into, you know, a call to the Bucks you know management. What? Fuck it. I'll do it better. <laughs> yeah, I'll fucking do it. Get out of the way. I, it's such I, a I think, weird move in such a weird yeah. place of the season with a team that's doing really well. Something was else was going on. There was a report that the problems in the locker room started after they lost in the uh, in-season tournament uh, when he got <laughs> the guys together. I know. When he got the guys together after they lost and said, sacrifices are going to have to be made. And they all looked at each other like, See, I told you they tried to threaten the other um, Antetokounmpo. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing he can do is not play him. And guess what? He doesn't play. <laughs> no, he doesn't. And for a good reason, because he can't right, shoot with he's shit. not good. <laughs> yeah. big, just a big body, and he's just Giannis' brother. But yeah, I, I think, Giannis honestly, it's it's just as simple as a, a player power move. This is all this was, uh, just to get rid of him. And, we'll, I mean, good. Get Doc, because that'll work out great. Yeah. You know what's great about Doc Rivers is he's Nothing. not interesting to listen to on a broadcast, but... Post game in the pl in the postseason, his post game interviews 
are a fucking amazing because he'll say some stupid shit and he doesn't have a voice to do it. So he sounds like he's about 300 years old and he's just like, <laughs> and he says the stupidest shit because he knows he can't be understood anyways. It's great. Yeah, I can't the wait only, for postseason Doc Rivers. The only basketball commentator who's got a worse voice is Sean Avery. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's like his all the time. <laughs> yeah, it talks like a balloon animal deflating. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jesus. Alright, all right, we spent too much time on the fucking bucks and fucking bucks. Michaela, save us. It's hot. <laughs> Take over. Do 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 hockey do 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 NHL do do hockey do do NHL do 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 hockey. Um, that fits. So, the All Star Game teams got announced. There's gonna be four of them this year because God forbid they keep some fucking consistency. Um, but they there's gonna be captains and they they get to pick their friends and they get to pick who's gonna be on their team. And there's no. Uh, it sounds like there's not going to be the Phil Kessel Award for sitting the longest. Um, no one's going to go home with a free Honda CRV this year, which is unfortunate. Um, but <laughs> the coaches or the captains for the teams include Nate uh, with Kale as an alternate, but more importantly, Tate McRae as the co-captain. Apparently, don't know how that's going to work. Extremely excited for that bullshit. Um, Austin Matthews and Nylander are captain in an alternate with Justin Bieber. Uh, it's McDavid and I think Dreisaitl for the third team. And uh, they've got Will Arnett. And then the Hughes brothers are co-captains and they've got Buble. So that'll be interesting. Um, also, the PWHL have the three-on-three um, showcase. I was trying to remember, like, game. Um, that looks like it'll be pretty good. Uh, otherwise, the they haven't... They announced they were like, we're making some big changes to the All-Star game. Ta-da! And then they explain nothing. So I guess we'll see what happens. Um, Corey like Perry... Tate McRae be a co-captain. Yeah, like having Tate McRae be a co-captain. Or Michael Buble. <laughs> I, see, Michael Buble, I believe at least, because apparently he is maniacal Vancouver fan. Like, mm. Steve Dangle level... But Vancouver, like he's like, well, a maniac. The Beebs oh. and uh, oh. Will Arnett make sense. Uh, the only thing I can think of is Tate McRae brings eyes. Like, well, apparently she's from say, Calgary. I thought, I thought Tate McRae was like a bearded country singer from no, 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 God. Really? Yeah, oh, I know. I no, just, no. I just, I just yeah. googled that shit, and oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Toaster was actually very excited for this portion of the show. I'm sure he's not listening anymore. <laughs> this, is, this is specifically a conversation he wanted to uh, us to have. So, yeah, um, I th she's from Calgary. I think yeah. she's a big Flames fan, um, and I know Arnett is a big hockey guy, but I can't remember who he cheers for. Um, I can't remember either. Well, he's, he's a humor person, so we know it's not Toronto. He's from the Midwest. I did something um, like probably a fucking Chicago yeah, fan. Probably. I don't I Will Farrell's the one that I would have expected because he's a big Kings fan. Yeah. Um but Buble, like I said one. uh Bieber is like a big Leafs fan, but apparently Buble is like insane. 
to watch hockey. Like, most people can't watch hockey with him. He does not leave his house to watch hockey kind of shit. That's interesting. That, that um, makes me want to watch hockey with Michael Bublé. That, yeah, I'd love to do that, actually. I love to have a bubbly while watching hockey with Bublé. Um, Bubbly and Bublé watching hockey. I'd rather watch it with Tate McRae, but you guys do you. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that that shit's wild. Um, So, Corey Perry's allowed back in the league. um, So, he got... He's he plays for Edmonton now, which good for them. They need some secondary scoring. Not really. They just won their fifteenth game in a row. Yes, the big dog. Uh, so what's the over under on how many weeks it takes him to make a run at Ryan McLeod's mom? Um, <laughs> I think that man does his absolute best to not be seen in public. Period. Correct. <laughs> of the season, he stays the fuck put. Um, yeah, hoping nobody notices that he's actually in the league again. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of dudes who were uh, forced out and returned, uh, Shane Pinto is back in the league after getting a half-season suspension for betting on the NHL. Uh, good for him. Um, uh, in worse, shittier news of dudes who are probably uh, leaving the NHL for extended periods of time to forever... Um, the, uh, the 2018 World Junior Canada, um, the police in London, Ontario were like, we have asked five guys from that team to show up and be present to face charges. And in the two days before and within two days of that announcement, five dudes from that team have gone on leaves of absences from their teams and returned to Canada. So we'll... There's obviously nothing been confirmed yet. There's a media um, press conference thing from the cops on Monday, but um, uh, Alex Formentin, uh, Michael He's- McLeod, Calfoot, uh, Dylan Dubé, and Carter Hart. Carter all- Hart. We're not going to cover Carter Hart anymore. Carter yeah, Hart. they're Carter Hart. The the picture that I saw was that. Um, that that joke picture of Adam Silver saying "Get ready to learn Chinese, buddy," except it had a <laughs> Photoshop of um, Gary Bettman's face and said "Get ready to learn Prisonese." Um, so I guess we'll see how that goes. Tower of London for these blokes. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, otherwise, uh, the abs are doing good, uh, though it doesn't feel like it because sometimes they do really good and sometimes they do dog shit. And that's about what I would expect at this point. Um, But we'll see how the All-Star break treats them once it gets going. Um, I think it's just... Oh, no, it's Nate, Kale, and Georgie for us who are out on the All-Star break. So good for them. Um, I do want to address one rumor. um, Vis-a-vis trade rumors. Because I want to manifest it into happening. Bring me Mark Flurry. Oh. Mark Andre Fleury, bring him oh, to me. Give him to me. Prosvedov is not doing yeah. it, and the Wild are dog shit. Give him to me. Bring him here. I mean, you can't. You're not going to go very far in the postseason with your goalie who was a backup somewhere else two years ago, uh, having eighty percent of the net time. Like it's just not going to happen. Good teams don't even do that. 
Right. You've got to get somebody. The Mark Andre Fleury thing would make me so happy. Yes. Flower. I've always liked that guy. I've always liked that guy. Give best dude in the league. Give him to me. And give he's fun to, to watch. Yeah. Send them Sam Malinsky. I, that hurts. Give them a pick. That also hurts. Give me Mark Andre Fleury. Oh God, that would be give so good. Yeah. Let's Nate, manifest Nate, that. Meet the great lighting up the boards again. That dude. Yeah, he do that. Is. Oh, some incense, guys. Hit a hat trick in six and a half minutes. Yeah, so I will say, um, <laughs> um, Matt put on here Nate Ross Hart double. No, um, no. Have you seen McDavid? No, um, but maybe the heart. We'll see. He might get the heart. I don't think he's getting the Ross. Uh, McDavid is as as ape shit as Nate go. McDavid go harder. Um, uh, have you looked at the scoring standings lately? David, uh, NHL goals, uh, goal leaders. Talk amongst yourselves for the moment. You know, we're, we're doing do, some do, researching do, on the fly. Do, 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 I will do, do, tell you that Connor McDavid <laughs> is ninth in scoring, and it's turning into a two-horse race with McKinnon and Kucherov, and they're 15 points ahead of the next closest guy. I fucking hate Nikita Kucherov. I, I don't I like hate- him either. Every time people are like talk about, I fucking hate the ESPN app. Um, every time people talk about the heart, they're like, "Well, you know, it's a, uh, you know, it 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 could be this guy, it could be that guy." Like, a, it's McDavid's trophy to lose. B, every once in a while they're like, oh, "I bet it's gonna be Kucherov." Are you fucking stupid? Don't say that. He's not. They're not good. Well, they're fine. They're good, but. They're like they're not. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's not Kucherov. They're like, well, he scores goals. Yeah, but it. The, the shut up. That's stupid. That's stupid. It's gonna be either Nate or McDavid, but probably McDavid. And even we'll with see that, how the Ross goes, but that, that's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. He's getting a lot of points. Don't get me wrong. I would love for McDavid. I don't like the Oilers very much. I would love, love. For Nathan McKinnon to get the Ross, the Rocket, and the Heart. It's not going to happen, but we can all dream pretty dreams. To dream the impossible dream. Did, did you guys see after Nate had the Natty Hattie and scored the fourth goal last night, some of the <laughs> shit that hit the ice after the fourth <laughs> goal? Yeah. I was yeah. just disappointed that I was Nathan McKinnon and not Joe Thornton. Anyone get that joke? One time, Joe yeah. Thornton said that if he scored four goals, he would take his cock out on the ice. <laughs> That's that joke. He did say that. <laughs> he did. He said that. He someone was like, that. "Someone was like, would you be excited if you score four goals?" And he was like, "Would I be excited?" Yeah. <laughs> someone needs to whisper that in McKinnon's ears like, if he'll do it. I was like, oh, Vrabel, <laughs> I was like Vrabel a couple of years ago saying he would give yeah, up my dick off to a Super Bowl. Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Right, that's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, if you missed it after Nate scored the fourth goal, people were out of hats, so there were bras and thongs being thrown out of the air. And there is a report. There is a report that, uh, and I think it was OC that said it on the radio that for at least a few seconds, one of the bras was hanging in Nate's locker room, or in his locker (laughs) in the locker room. Fantastic. We don't know what happened to the thong, but one of the bras was for sure. I just want to know how she pulled it off. Like, it's cold. She's been wearing a skirt. Yeah, Yeah. I was like, that's some ninja shit right there. Listen, man, front clasp, you can get that bitch off in a hurry. 
I'm talking about the thong. I'm <laughs> the not worried about the bra. I'm oh, yeah, that's a skirt. Bra. That's a skirt yeah. issue. Yeah. Only problem it's is pretty easy to dress for a skirt. Oh my god! Ah! Emotional damage. Real, real quick before we move on from things, uh, we need to talk. We were talking about Frank's hot takes last night. Uh, Michaela Frank wants to steal goalie hugs from me. He wants Boston, one of Boston's goalies, on the Avalanche. I do. Neither of them are moving. I know exactly. But I still want. <laughs> he wants to, to steal goalie hugs from me. That's because fuck Boston and everything they stand for. Correct. <laughs> but goalie hugs. Really correct. Fuck it. No. He can hug fucking Georgie. I don't care. Yeah. No. Okay. It doesn't happen. No. He yeah, he doesn't they don't hug other goalies. I don't know if you've ever seen when one of them are hurt, it's the most depressing <laughs> shit in the world. They do this like self hug thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and then they, you know, they do the headbutt, 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 and they go Yeah, and then they <laughs> sulk to the locker room. It's depressing. They it's are so codependent. Sad. It is so sad. <laughs> God save those guys though. Oh god. They are the reason why uh, it is not that it is not no it is goaltending has been good all right <laughs> mark <laughs> yeah Boston. we have baseball news yes we do and we all do. of rocky land can finally celebrate yes yes take it away the rockies have somebody going to the hall of fame ladies and gentlemen todd helton is going to the hall of fame we have um, one. This is number two. Hold on a second. Stomp all over it. Now I don't even want to do the bit anymore. Jeez. Good. Okay. You carrying yeah, your mic sounds like anyway. dog shit. Put it down. Yeah, put it down. <laughs> uh, Todd Helton has made it to the Hall of Fame. Uh, two other gentlemen have as well. Joe Maurer, who deserves it. Uh, I've always loved Joe Maurer. And uh, Beltre as well. It, uh, Fucking love Beltre. Adrian Beltre. Uh, he deserves to be in, so it's fine. Uh, but the big news is, is the Todd father, uh, fucking, you know, somebody from who was a college roommate of another uh, recent Denver sports legend, Pate Manning. Those guys, those two guys, played on the same college football team. Um, he finally gets his due in the Hall of Fame. He is the best Rocky. He is the quintessential Rocky. When I think of the Rockies, I think of Todd Helton, Vinny Castilla. Those are the two guys I think of. Um, I, you know, there's a million others. Maybe, I don't know, but uh, that, that's Walker. the guy. Sure, but Todd Helton. Um, I have waited on Todd Helton before. Uh, he's an awesome dude. He uh, is just a regular guy. And so, good for him. I'm so so excited for him. Mauer deserves it too. Mauer's a great guy, and he was a hell of a catcher for the Minnesota Twins for 135 years. Uh, so he deserves it. Uh, but Todd Helton, this is all about Todd. And they only put three names on the ballot. So these guys all get a big stage for a longer period of time. Um, like you said, who gives a fuck about Beltre? But he, he was going to get in no matter what. Oh, I like uh, Beltre. So <clears throat> these two guys get a stage, and I love it. It's great for baseball. Uh, what was not great for baseball is the fact that they were doing live broadcasting from Cooperstown, New York this week. Um, it's cold and snowy in Coopersmith or Cooperstown in New York in general. And they kept doing live broadcasts from outside. And so you just see these two 
figures talking in front of snow on Major League Baseball Network all week this week. It's been awful television. I think it's an awful way to produce this broad that broadcast. Um, but Todd Helton, welcome to the Hall of Fame, buddy. Uh, can't promise I'll say anything else positive about the Rockies. But good for Todd Helton. I- I'm really glad he got in this year because it gets even it gets tougher for anybody else on the ballot next year. Cause you have names like Ichiro and Sabathia yeah. that show right. up on the list next year. Yes. So this, this was his best opportunity and the early returns weren't looking super positive and uh, Rockies fans were ready to be disappointed. And I am just absolutely thrilled that he is getting recognized. Uh, Todd Helton's defense, uh, I think is probably the most underrated part of his game. Uh, everyone knows how good of a hitter he was. He was the toughest out on the team. He was the toughest out in the league for a few years. He battled every single time. He only struck out 100 times once in his career, maybe twice. But his defense and the way he was able to pick anything off the ground that was thrown to him across the diamond was just out of this world. Awesome for Rockies fans. I know that everyone's thrilled. I am for him for sure. I loved watching him play. Tank, do you have anything you want to say about it? Uh, not nothing you haven't already said. That dude was uh, that dude was the only positive light for a while in Colorado, <laughs> and uh, I'm glad that he finally gets his uh, roses. He deserves it. One hundred percent. I think one of the reasons why his defense gets uh, just a little bit, you know, detracted is first basemen in general don't usually have great defensive numbers. Uh, Again, Joe Maurer, when he was able to play catcher towards the end of his career, played a lot of first base, and you saw he was actually a lot more athletic than uh, he let on. So it's not a place that most of these guys shine uh, defensively, but Todd Helton, you're right. You know, the throws to third, um, some of the the off-angle catches he's made, uh, there there hasn't been a rock like that really on this team or really in baseball. There's not really somebody that you're just not going to get an error, you know, from your first baseman. So yeah, good for him. Good for him. All right. Anything else about baseball? No, I want to hear what Michaela's opinion is because uh, she's a, she's a giant Todd Helton fan. I like Todd Helton a lot and I'm so happy for him. And I hope for his plaque in the hall of fame, they use that picture from 2007 with him, with his arms up. Mm -hmm. But I mm-hmm. hope on the alternate plaque they use his mugshot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's all remember that he is just a regular dude. He got busted after drinking a couple of fucking bottles of red wine out of red solo cups trying to go get some chew and some scratchers from the local <laughs> gas station up in Thornton, Colorado. Baby. Yeah, that, a little, that guy uh, is a public charge. Yep. Fucking hero. <laughs> didn't hurt anybody, you know, right. packed into a gas pump, but that was about it. Uh, just good for him. Good for Todd yeah. Helton. Yeah. And that's the only uh, trouble he got into. That's right. hard to do in this town, being in that this town in the public eye for that long and only have that one bout. That's pretty impressive. Yep, absolutely. I will say one more thing. Uh, everyone remembers the slide, right? The holiday against the, the Padres. Todd Still Helton hit the ball. Plate. <laughs> yeah, I know. It doesn't matter. Todd Helton hit the ball that started the right. play. So he was involved in every bit of Rockies history that he was yeah. a part of. So oh, he was necessary for that team to get to where they were. Yep. All right. Uh, before we move on to DOTW, uh, news in the streaming world here, fellas. Uh, the WWE 
for the first time in God, it seems like 20 years, and it might very well be, is pulling Raw off of USA. And they are going to go to Netflix on a live stream for $5 billion a year. Uh, Michaela, react. Uh, this was stupid. Um, also, the timing was pretty whack because a big story dropped about Vince McMahon's sexual assault charges. Oh, yeah. And implicating Brock Lesnar. So that's <laughs> it was convenient. Um, I think it's stupid. I think this might be the one of the things that kills WWE besides AEW being bomb. Um, but I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, 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 I think Jake, I know you have some thoughts. Uh, Five billion dollars gets you a lot of freedom. Um. Yeah, I think it's last time they were off USA, they were on TNN at some point. For yeah, it was TNN and Spike. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, besides that, literally since Raw has started, they've been on USA and then they were on TNN. And then went back to USA. Um, and that's like 20-something years. Was, God, like 20 two years, something like that. So, I mean, I'm, money talks. And a Netflix deal like that, um, the USA Network got them a lot of attention for a long time. But weirdly enough, I actually think the Netflix deal might work for their viewership um, because a lot of their stuff, uh, you know, got buried on cable, unfortunately. And uh, I, I think just on a lark, there might be a decent amount of people that might watch uh, Raw on Netflix. Because, I mean, Netflix customer base is gigantic. So, I think this actually helps both of them. Mm-hmm. Mark? I'm with Michaela. They're burying a lead here. Um, some really bad stuff going on in the background. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's not on an NBC Universal platform for the first time in its history. Um, it's also interesting that you know the, the WWE has its own streaming platform, but they don't use it for their two main broadcasts. Uh, I find that very interesting. It's because people are still buying those broadcasts. So uh, uh, there's obviously a market for it. So. I guess good for them. It'll be interesting to see what live TV looks like on Netflix because they don't do that much. True. Right. I mean, 260 million subscribers at 10 bucks a pop on the low side for, for all of them. They're going to make that money up in uh, less than a month. So (laughs) to be fair, they are $14 billion in the hole. Right. They always are. Mm -hmm. Weirdly enough. So why not be $19 billion in the hole and have John Cena and Rey Mysterio? I don't think either of them are active currently. Rey Mysterio is most certainly active, sir. He is definitely active. He is injured right now, so no, he's not. Well, he's on the roster. It's not like he's not on the roster. Okay, sorry. So is John Cena. Exactly. (laughs) And he's been there, what, three times in the last year? Yeah, I mean, it's the WWE, what do you expect? <laughs> right. Um, they'll make their money. All right. Speaking of money, uh, Tank, I know you uh, you put this on the agenda. Oh, yeah. Like uh, there's some news about The Rock. Yeah, in addition to the Netflix deal, and seemingly it's part of 
the discussion that led to that, uh, Dwayne Johnson has been added to the uh, TKO board, which uh, TKO is the owner of uh, UFC and WWE. Um, so that's an interesting little move that happened. And also part of his addition to the board is that he gained full royalties over the nickname The Rock, um, which was a $490,000 check, apparently, to start out. So, I just scrolled all the way down. Is that supposed to be Gowron? I've been waiting. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I just I drew that an hour and a half ago. <laughs> and I agree with you guys. All the positive stuff I think is kind of covering for all the negative stuff that came out in the last couple days. And uh they were probably trying to bury that lead a little bit when that's all this One, stuff happened. It's not good stuff. It's really no, not. No, no. How do we cover up Vince? Well, we show everybody the rock. Michaela, answer <laughs> the question. Who is that? Yeah, that's supposed to be Garon. Have you ever that's tried to draw thing. a Klingon with a mouse? No. No. <laughs> I, just, I can tell you Klingon. Have. It's a you know, decent representation yeah. of the Klingon form. It, 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 it's the glory that tells us, right? But everything else is like that. <laughs> right. That that looks weird. Actually, honestly, looks like Worf. <laughs> I don't know. It looks Sorry. like a Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> not 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 to be too inappropriate, but if you ever look at the head ridges too close on Garon, they kind of look mm, suggestive. Yeah, so I it changed them <laughs> so that I didn't have to draw that. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who have no idea what's going on here, right. Thank Michaela you. has turned the bottom of our agenda into uh, a, a piece of art, and it's a Klingon and the word glory. That's definitely going to have to make it onto uh, all the social channels. Yeah, we're going to have to snap that and throw it up. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'll yep. take care of that. It's, yep. it's art in the same way that Ringo Starr makes art. He's my favorite Beatle too But have you ever seen that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen his website? Yeah. I love it It's so amazing <laughs> It rocks Alright let's move on to the penultimate bit And MJ since you're here and this is your gig. I am going to start with you. Give us your dipshit of the week. I did not do not have the link ready. Give me half a second. I will explain it while I get the link in the Discord for you guys. But in the um, English Premier League, there are many teams. And one of those teams is a team called Fulham. And Fulham decided to do a thing to their um, away fans. And they put white flags on sticks in their away end on each of the stands and it does look like the KKK uh, invaded the full <laughs> stadium oh no um they did make a boo boo and no one looked at it it oh <laughs> oh it looks like oh, a gay rally oh no in the oh, god, section oh god oh jesus yeah oh my god yeah that's my favorite. That's a big fucking whoopsie right there. <laughs> she says it, that's my favorite. It looks like the Grand Imperial Wizard was like, what if we Show all went to, to England <laughs> yeah, and went to a bad Premier League game? 
Let's go, oh, gang. God. And rented out an entire fucking section. Oh, I do hate a lot of people, but I should have loved me some Fulham soccer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy yeah. crap. So that would be the dipshit of the week for me. All right. Oh, Tank, what do you got? God, I think that beats mine, but wow. Um, mine is the, I, I'm going to have to go with the Buffalo Bills coaching staff for that second half abysmal shit they took on the field. Mark, are you still scrolling? No, I've got one. I just had to pull up okay. the information. I actually okay. did some awesome. research this week, guys. Um, <clears throat> today we'll be talking about the dipshit of the week who is Kayshawn Bouette. Fuck! Is that uh, who you were going to go with? Kayshawn Boot. Kayshawn yeah. Boot. Yes. Okay, let's 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 tag team this then. Tell me what okay. you know. Got let's it. tag team right, this. So let's talk this K- shit K- out at once. Kayshawn Boot. If you don't know who Kayshawn Boot is, he was an Boot. LSU wide receiver. Uh, currently plays for the Patriots. He's a, a scrub reserve. He's played in five games. Has Not anymore, game. he won't. Kayshawn <laughs> <laughs> uh, Boot has been arrested in conjunction with illegal gambling. When he was 20, he gambled on uh, online booking sites. Uh, bet on LSU games, mostly on himself, which he then would completely shit the bed. Um, <laughs> just, just not good. Oh, the reason why I picked the, the, the re- well, no, because he bet on himself to like do great things. Oh. And he would go out and score 26 points and no touchdowns or 26 right. points and no touchdowns. Right. He would always bet himself the over. Um, I don't know how. And yeah. All right. <sighs> In 20, I saw the numbers. God, where did they go? All right, I, mean, so it's, uh, I got them right here. You, you got you, the numbers? You, you All right, give me the numbers. numbers. Over the yeah. course of uh, 13 months when he was 20 years old, he placed over 8,900 bets in 13 months. Good God. Um, so the, 17 the of them were on NCAA football, and at least six of them were on games he was in. At least six of them. That, those are, are the numbers I have. Okay, and there are two other mind-blowing numbers here. Okay. Uh, according to the affidavit, in 2022, he bet $450,000. Yeah. And in 2023, he bet $186,000. The reason why I picked him to be the dipshit wasn't because he bet on illegally, and he bet on college football, and he bet on games in which he was participating, although all of those would have been absolutely appropriate reasons. The reason why I picked him is because of his username that he used on two different websites. The first one is Boot one <laughs> The other one is Boot. Oh seven! <laughs> Come on, you can't make it that easy, bro. <laughs> so, That's... just to break down the math a little bit further for you guys, this is an average of twenty-four and a half bets per day over the course of thirteen months. See, that's how that. Yeah, that that is compulsive gambling. That's that what is, that, that anonymous number is for. Jesus Christ, there are some fucking degenerates on this screen. Four of them. Four of them. You know, and the, the, the biggest one of the group isn't here, but I think he would say <laughs> that 24 and a half bets per day on sports betting is excessive. Jesus. That's worse than Mickelson. Yeah, that's rough. That's a lot. Yeah. Just Mickelson quantity was alone. Like 15 a day? Yeah. That's quantity alone. That is just asinine. Right. 
Oh, well, have fun being in prison. Where's yeah. that? I can't remember who it was. One of the NFL, one of the NFL guys who got caught for gambling when someone else got in trouble, and he's like, "All I did was bet fifteen hundred dollars." Where's he? Yeah, yeah where's he River. now? Tweeting out, "All I did was bet fifteen hundred dollars." Yeah, but he, he's not getting suspended. He's getting arrested. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley well is not putting himself in this. <laughs> he's he not going to talk about. He's this put that it. stuff behind him. He's not going to bring this up. He's like, no. remember when I was a dipshit? <laughs> yeah, at least I'm not that much of a dipshit. <laughs> oh, great minds think alike. Well done, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See you later. That is fantastic. Oh, God. (laughs) Fucking dummy. All right. Uh, We are two hours in. It's time to fucking shut this shit show down. Uh, Final thoughts. Pimp the things. MJ, we'll start with you. What do you got? Um, Everybody go play Disco Elysium again so that you guys can watch the video of the cock carousel since I had to send it to the guys. But uh, it's got... They talk about a cock carousel in that game, guys. It's <laughs> play Disco Elysium. <laughs> Tank. Uh, similar note. Um, go play Pal Worlds so you can engage in some legal human trafficking if you feel like it. <laughs> what what platform is that on? All all of yeah, them. Everything's on everything. Maybe not Nintendo, but. Right. It's definitely on PlayStation, Xbox, and Steam. It's the highest selling game on Steam currently. Could you imagine wow. a circle of middle schoolers on their Switches playing Pal World at lunch? Yeah. I, I will say this is this is off topic. I'm gonna run us off topic for a minute, but the Pokemon company put out a statement today and they were like, Yeah, we're looking into it, don't worry. And it was like, Oh no. They've already attempted to sue them twice and it got kicked out both times. Mm-hmm. Where they are making hay is they're suing the modders because there's modders out yeah, there. Yeah, they, they're getting them. Yeah. yeah. Hard. Yeah. Um, besides that, uh, join us next week um, for coverage over the championship round and whatever goofy ass things happen in football. Potentially. There's two more coaches. Some more head coaches mm-hmm. probably getting hired. I would assume that's going to happen sometime in the next week. Um, catch me on all the socials. Uh, with uh, Tank Knox or Knox Nostalgia Collectibles. Mark? Uh, I thought I saw another coaching news thing today, but I can't find it now, um, so never mind. Um, you want me to yeah. scroll Schefter while you're talking? No, I'm good. I, I can't find it. I'm not going to spend that much time. Um, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, Love you guys. That's it. Take care of yourselves. You, buddy. All right. right. Well, make sure you check us out on all of our social channels. You can find My Brother's an Idiot just about everywhere on any podcast platform plus YouTube. Also, you can find us on Facebook. Just search that name. Find the black logo. We'll let you in. Mark's Twitch, Twitter, and TikTok are at Poffle Time. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter at Poffleupagus. And my TikTok is at King Goon Smoke. Most recently, you get Snoring Rocky, the smoking buddy himself, sleeping away, having a good time being a sleepy little puppy. That's fun. <laughs> that is fun. Right. Uh, for the absent Muti, we love you, Muti. 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 Uh, for Tank, uh, Mark, and MJ, uh, this has been My Brother's an Idiot. Make sure you take care of yourselves, take care of your families, take care of each other. That's how you say it, you guys. 
make sure you get to take care of your families in there. Did um, you miss that last week? Just saying. Uh, this has been my brother's an idiot. We'll catch you next time. See ya, bruh. Bruh. I didn't have to squeeze Gene Mingo in at the end, bruh.